decisions, great mound visits, great job not letting the best player beat you. This one crushed out to right field. pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Detroit Tigers select Kevin McGonigal, a shortstop from Monsignor Bonner High School, Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers, swing and a drive, left field, it's deep, it's going, yes! and it is gone! Yes! yes! It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top! Are you kidding me? Oh, his 10th career home run of the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. What is up, Delaware County? And welcome back for episode number 47 of Delco Baseball Now. We're almost at the big 5-0 here. My name is Brennan Ricciardi. I am not joined by Ben Thorpe today. Ben is at the Flyers-Devils game uh, at MetLife Stadium right now. A very... Very reasonable uh, excuse for not being here today. I'd be there if I didn't want to freeze and uh, drain my bank account as well. But, um, you know, the show will go on without Ben. As as hard as it is for me to say, uh, the show will go on, mostly because we have two very good interviews today. We have the guys from the Haverford School, Fred Jordan, uh, Kevin Reavy, Ian White, and Connor Scanlon coming on. We also have assistant coaches, Joe Martin and Mike Palumbo coming on after them as well. And we got our guys from Marple Newtown, the only Delco team to win a PIAA state baseball championship. We have um, Bennett Cox, Jason Bennett, and Paul DeFruccio coming on as well. So another another double feature for the great people of Delaware County today. Uh, as always, I got to give two quick, uh, quick shout-outs here. First, to our merchandise store. So we have it on our website, DelcoBaseballNow.com. There's a link that will take you to a Printify website, which is the uh, the provider that we use we got something for everybody. We got something for you. We got something for your friends, something for your dogs, something for your dog's friends, something for your friend's dogs. There's really, uh, the possibilities are endless on the shop. We got shot glasses for those cold games. We got jackets for those cold games. We got uh, dog bandanas and collars, uh, golf balls, which I will not be buying because I'm awful at golf. And I really don't think that uh, spending money to lose uh, golf balls with the Donnie Delco logo on it is really in my best interest. So we're gonna we're gonna pass on that one for the time being. Uh, another quick shout out: uh, we're looking for more sponsors. So we uh, we have plenty of nice wall space up here. We have uh, you know we can put in little thirty second snippets, uh, sound bites of advertising as well. That uh, that I think you know we we've gotten to the point now where we've got a solid audience through all platforms, and I think it could be beneficial. We could start doing deals you know we could do players of the week we could do stuff where if you say you know our our company name when you buy something you get a discount you know uh our dms are open that's all i have to say here but um not gonna i'm not gonna hold these interviews up for too long because there's really not too much going on uh outside of the uh you know uh, at least in the phillies realm there's really not too much going on we'll talk a little bit about college baseball uh and and you know major league baseball after the interviews but Without further ado, let's welcome on the 2022 Pace of State champion, Haverford School Fords. All right, we are now joined by our guys from the Haverford School. We got Kevin Reavy, Ian White, Connor Scanlon, and Fred Jordan. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you guys all doing? 
Pretty good. Thank yeah, you for having good. us. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, how's the offseason been for you guys? I know that last year you guys um, had a successful year, a little bit of a slow start, but kind of picked it up at the end. So how's it been going for you guys? Yeah, I would say it's been going pretty strongly. I would say a bunch of the younger guys are starting to buy in. We've been going morning workouts for a little bit now, and they've been going well. Good good show out by the guys. Um, last week we did these 6 a.m., 7 a.m. workouts. I think that we really built some strong team chemistry with that with those workouts. They were very challenging, and just a struggle with each other really builds a team, so... Yeah, I'd say it's been a long off season. You know, last season didn't end the way we wanted it to. So just waiting for this year to start feels like kind of itching to get back out there. So, uh, yeah, I'd describe it as a long one, but um, we've tried to make it challenging, try to get the guys to buy in. I feel like we're in a good spot, so we're excited where we are, but we know we got a long way to go, uh, but we feel ready. That's basically covered it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll say um, going outside of baseball, you know, lifting and uh doing some other stuff visiting colleges talking to colleges like applying to a bunch of schools I'm not really committed as the other three here so i bet y'all's uh commitment process was pretty easy i've been struggling struggled less you guys have no idea um, do you guys train like together like outside of practices like lifting like like actual training or do you guys just go to separate places uh, I think it's more of separate places. Um, me and Reevee, our off-season happens to be a little different than Fred and Ian's with the three sports. So um, we try to mix in. I mean, football, you lift almost every other every other day, uh, practices, after practices, and then basketball. Um, it's not a lifting sport, but after practices. But uh, we would uh, go to the gym sometimes and lift, um, just try to keep up um, and um, stay ready. So, like, the body's in shape with the baseball is, like, the part where you kind of have to just, like, speed it up a yeah. little more than you would like yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. What about the rest of you guys? Any guys, like, Ascent, EL1, like, where do you guys like to go? I don't know where you guys are from because it's one of those schools where you can really live anywhere yeah. and still go there, you know? Um, I haven't really hit anywhere else besides the morning workouts and the um, then practices at Nell. Um, I do – we do used to go to um, PBT – uh, about Ringer's place. Um, that was mainly where I would hit and do all that stuff. Yeah, for me, I spend most of my uh, training stuff at uh, Baseball PDS. It's a facility in Conchock and uh, out at the Steel Yard Complex. So uh, I get most of my stuff done there. Uh, I work with a lot of the Sal guys. Um, the guy, a couple guys who run it, um, Hopkins guy uh, who started it. Uh, so that's where I spend most of my time. But yeah. Uh, out in Conshaw. Is that where Dan Williams works? Yeah, yeah I know from the, Wayne. Uh, yeah, he's the South pitching coach. I know he played in the Delco mm -hmm. League for a little while uh, for Wayne. Yeah, our time didn't really overlap too much. It's funny he's the pitching guy because he, he was an infielder in, yeah. for Wayne in, in the minors, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, yeah, it's weird the way it worked out. So he played shortstop at Pitt, and then the guy who does the hitting there was a pitcher. So they kind of flip-flopped, <laughs> I guess, but uh, it works out. Yeah. All right, well, when I do these interviews, I kind of try to keep it just, like, in order timeline-wise. So I want to go back to the state championship in 2022. You guys were all part of that team as sophomores. Uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. Like, what did that win just mean to you guys as a whole, and especially it being against Malvern? Yeah, definitely one of the bigger wins I've been a part of. And um, I'll say that I think us being seniors now, I think we get a little special motivation just – See, getting a glimpse of what it was like to actually win that state championship 
And like you said, especially against Malvern, um, it gives us a little edge to push the younger guys who didn't get to experience that. And, um, yeah, it's something we look forward to try and get back this year. Yeah, I'd say what it does for us is that anything less than that is kind of a disappointment because you know what it feels like to get to the top of it. So, um, you know, that's definitely the expectation this year as well as winning an Interact Championship. But, yeah, that was, um, like he said, probably the best experience I've ever had on a baseball field. So that's always the goal is to get back there. And everything we do from the fall, winter, is always with that in mind and, and trying to get back and not just get there but win it. Yeah, definitely one of the most, if not the most memorable moment of my baseball lifetime. Um, <coughs> jumping in that dog pile at the end, um, Jack Campbell's shove day. Um, that was just a surreal moment, and just hugging everyone afterwards. It was, it was just awesome. Um, yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna mention about Jack and uh, all the guys. I, I wasn't able to really play that much for that like whole month, almost just like dead arm, and. You know, I was I really really wanted to, um, just like come in after Jack, but Jack pulled the most complete performance I've seen out of a pitcher in my four years mm -hmm. here, and just like even as a team, like that was the most complete game, like defensively, you know, hitting not for yourself but like the guy in front of you and the guy behind you, and then, you know, Jack just went out there. And it was the best game I've ever seen him pitch. Anyone really ever pitch against one of the scariest offenses that. I think I've faced as a pitcher in the past four years and just took some balls and I was like, wow. And it was just surreal. And it was a really weird day because it started like raining in the middle of it. It was like a rain delay. And I was like, oh my God, this is not helping. Like, especially for Jack, I was like super <coughs> nervous. But it definitely, um, it was a day to look at like Jack Campbell as like a pitcher to be like, that's the guy to like, that's like where we want to start from. And, uh, you know, what everyone else has been saying, you know, that should be the baseline. I remember talking to, to Joe about it. Was he either not a starter or it just wasn't, like, you know, in the plans for him to start, like, very early on in the season? Like, how did he end up getting the ball in that game? I forget how it happened. Um, I yeah, think it I'll just take... lined up pretty weird. Um, he wasn't really ever a starter that season. It was mainly Colby, me, Ian. Who else would start that year? Yeah, I think what happened was Colby went game one. Um, we didn't get a bye that year, so Kobe went game one. I went game two, then Kobe came back for game three, and there was a discussion of me coming in, but with the pitch count and stuff, I think I ended up throwing like 100 in that game two. And so Jack went out there. Uh, I think the funniest part about it was that he ended up throwing more innings in that game than he had thrown all year in total. Wow. I think mm -hmm. he might have had like five innings pitched that year and threw seven innings in the championship. Yeah. So, um yeah, it was a full team effort, but he definitely put us on his back that day. Yeah, we actually, in our national championship for, for club, we had a kid throw four shutout innings, two through three innings the entire yeah. year before. And it's cool because, like, that's the great thing about playoffs. It's like, you know, that's all, when people think of Jack Campbell, that's the only thing they're going to think of, yeah. not, like, anything that happened uh, before that. But I want to talk about the Interact rivalries real, real quick because I played for Strathaven, Central League. Uh, you know, there's 12 teams, so it's a little bigger. You only really play a couple teams twice. This isn't meant to be bulletin board, but is, is Episcopal or Malvern a bigger rival for you guys? Because I honestly have no idea. I would say when it comes to baseball, it's probably Malvern. Yeah. Um, and other sports in Hereford, it could differentiate, but I would probably say Malvern for baseball. Because yeah. I feel like football is EA, right? Yeah. That's what it's like. I always hear people talk about EA Day, like the mm -hmm. big Saturday where you guys, yeah. will, you guys will go out. You, got, you feel the same? I do feel the same. I think, like you said, we do have the EA Day, but something about beating those Malvern boys just... 
It's probably just. It's not even no not going to fail. Yeah. No, but beating <coughs> EA at their field yeah. last year. Yeah, that was awesome too. That was. We almost sold. I feel like for Malvern, it's more just because they're like the evil empire, you know, just because yeah. they're always. And that's not a knock on EA. It's just Malvern's just mm. so good every year. Yeah. That that's like where mm. the baseball rivalry is is formed. I would say. Um, so one of my friends, his name is Will Park. He played for Episcopal. He, he actually works for MLB Network now. He once said, "Every game in the interact is a playoff game." Do you, mm. Do you guys feel that way it in the regular 100%. season games? Yeah. There's There's no like playing a team down. You know, any game is like fifty fifty. Like even if you look mm. at the basketball this year. Like, the first four teams were all yeah. one game away or half a it's game crazy. away. So, it's like everything is super, super tight. And you got to treat every game like the last almost sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we only get each team twice. So, every pitch counts, every play counts. I mean, you can't look down at an opponent before the game because the interaction is such a like intense, hot league that anything could happen really any year. Uh, so I remember uh, the Malvern coach, Freddie Hilliard, tweeted something where he thinks Interact should have playoffs. Do you guys feel the same way? Because I know like every team makes a state tournament, but I yeah. feel like teams splitting the, the conference championships, nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100% I agree with that. I agree too. I just feel like, I mean, when my senior year, three teams tied for the Central League title, and it's like you want a quarter of the league like yeah. raising a banner yeah. that they won the conference. Yeah. Like it just it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. I feel like yeah. like you know I, I love how the PCL does it. They get a college stadium, they get a Saturday, they pack it out, yep. and there's an actual like trophy for it. Yeah. And I just feel like that's the way it should go. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. All right, last year for you guys started zero four in the interact. I was watching the game where Sean Doherty had the walk off, and like I texted Joe after. I'm like. That's got to be, like, the spark. Do you feel like that kind of turned the season around? Definitely a more memorable thing that happened in the league that year. Uh, we, Like you said, we were struggling a little early on, but I think we needed something like that to just get the juices going and something to, you know, carry the rest of the league play on. Yeah, I think it was a good moment, uh, especially in a league where if you lose four games, you know you're not winning. You're not winning the uh, the league title with six teams in ten games. So um, at that point, you're just playing for pride for the most part and, and for a better seating in the paces. So uh, that was a really good start, and you know, turning the season around and eventually getting us a bye. Um, but stuff can change quick, and especially playing two or three games a week, uh, you, you got to not let the games blend together. Um, if you let one game turn into the next game, that's when things get ugly quick. So uh, that was a good way to kind of, you know, stop that trend from happening and, and get us on a different trajectory. Yeah, and it's not like we were getting blown out by any means. Um, we were losing close games, and we just needed that one little spark to get things rolling, try to get something going into Pesa, um, finishing out the league strong. So, um, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and I always think we're a, a better second-half team. You know, we start rolling and we keep it going with it, but I think Connor said, like, we just, need, we just got some unlucky bounces in those games that we were losing. It was like, wow, like that's how it's going to happen. Whereas when you know finally went our way for once, we just kept that going to the next game and into the next one. So, so are you guys? Does every team make the pace of tournament, or do you have to like? Because I know I think it was how many teams twelve make it, something like that. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was like uh you know you were at risk of missing the playoffs because the second half team like you can suck the whole year and that, but if you make it in, yeah, it's like nobody wants to play you guys. Um, so let's see. I got last year. You guys were the free seed. You lost to Penn Charter. So now this group here, you guys have kind of you've seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. You guys feel like you're kind of like well prepared that you know you've seen it all and you can use those experiences for this year. Absolutely. I think um, that game for me personally was one of the one of the lows that I've experienced in my baseball career. I mean, 
I had the ball that day, and I, I just struggled. I didn't have it that day. But I will say I think the team overall learned from that, that game, and I think that game for me personally, I can't speak for them, but that's something that will be in my mind as we enter this season. Yeah, like I said earlier on, like just the way we ended last season and having the longest possible offseason has kind of just been in our mind the whole game. And for me, um, in a different way, that was a low because I didn't contribute to that game. I was ne- I never touched the field that day. So to feel like the season ended for my team and I had no impact at all, whether it was at the plate, I didn't touch the mound that day. So, um, yeah, that's kind of been in the back of my mind the whole time. I know it's been the message that we've pushed forward before we start uh, trials next week is just think about what happened last year, don't let it happen again, and um, let's let the run be a lot longer this year. Yeah, um, us four probably having the most experience on the team, and um, we know what it takes to get to the top, but we also know how it can crumble quickly. Um, so just our experience with everything the last two years, last three years, um, just trying to give that knowledge to the younger kids and um, try to fire them up going into the season. Yeah, definitely just imbue the um, the young kids, especially like the freshmen and the sophomores, because the juniors have kind of been there, but the freshmen and sophomores with like the wisdom and like the experiences that we've had, but we also want to give them one this year that they can look to and be like, when I'm a senior, I want to be just like these guys, exactly. like set them as a bar. Like I remember my freshman year seeing like Griggs and <coughs> Eric Genther and uh, – like, seeing them just, like, take BP, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I got to be like that mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, it also kind of gives, like, the motto of, like, I need to get a lot better if I want to be yeah, like yeah. them. Because, I yeah. mean, I played against Eric. He's a stud. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, you look at them, it's like, we're not even playing the same sport right now. Like, when you watch them take BP. Um, so now that that senior class is gone, do you guys feel ready to kind of take over that, like, vocal leadership? Because you, you can ask Joe. I was never really much of a vocal leader. It's not easy. But would you say, like the seniors last year were the vocal mm-hmm. leaders? Because it, it depends on the team. Some guys, the younger guys, are the ones that will talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the uh, seniors last year did a pretty good job of vocally leading us. Like Sean Doherty, for example, you know, at the end of a tough game, he'll just give us some words of advice, and it really went a long way. And I will say there was that I am ready to, you know, finally be able to be in the position to lead the younger guys this year because last year – I mean, obviously I had my own thoughts after the game that I felt I needed to express, but I didn't feel like I was in that position to, you know, just kind of drop my knowledge on the team. So I'm definitely excited for this year and to, you know, lead the younger guys. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. We have four guys and and other guys who aren't here, um, just different styles of leadership. Um, We have guys who are able to talk to you and tell you what you need to hear, but we also have guys who are going to lead by example. Um, so we got a good mix, and I think that's going to play well, especially for different scenarios when it comes to, you know, some guys take well when it comes to you're in your face telling them what you need, but other guys just need to be shown the way. Uh, so we got a good mix of that, and I think it's going to take us a long way. Yeah, I think just speaking to the younger kids about um, our knowledge of the last couple of years, just like going back to the last question, but – um, just trying to make them take in everything, take in every moment because we got, what, three, four more months together. Um, so just just dropping knowledge on them is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, I, I've never been much of a, a talk, like, in the group guy. Like, I know Connor and Ian and 
Eddie who's not here, you know, they love to talk in like the groups before and after games or at practice and everything. But I, I, I've never been one of those. I, I like to like be on the side, like when we're doing PFPs, like well, while I'm waiting in the line, I'll be like, oh, dude, like do that. Or like, that was really good, you know, mix that up. But I, I like to try and lead by example by, you know, taking initiative in practice to see someone that's not doing something right or seeing someone that's not doing anything and be like, let's go do this, you know, uh, figure it out. And I just try to, like, lead by example and make sure that the guys look to me as a senior, like, I want to be like him, you know. Yeah, it's good to have a good balance. You know, there's some guys that just aren't, you know, like, it, it, they'll almost laugh at you if you try and, like, get, you know, get loud or, like, yell a little bit. They'd be like, shut the, shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, come on, that's not, that's that's not who you are. And, that, and that's fine. And that's fine. Um, all right, so I, I was doing my research. Uh, I believe that if you guys were to win a state championship, I think there would only be one other, like, class that would be able, from Haverford, that would be able to say they had two. So what would it mean to you guys to be able to lead that legacy of having two state championships there? That would definitely be awesome, man. I mean, that's, that's the goal every year. So I wouldn't say having two of them under our belt is, like, you know, that um, <coughs> acknowledgeable, but... Um, it's definitely the goal every year, and it's something that we strive to do every practice and something we're always thinking about. So, Yeah, I think since ever since we won that first one, I kind of always had that thought in my back of mind, and, I, and I've talked to these guys about it. It's like, let's be one of the only people to ever to get to because since we were freshmen, you know, every year is important, but I kind of want to say, like, we've looked ahead as a class. We've been like, we feel like we have something special between the eight or nine seniors that we have in our grade, and we feel like this is something special than any of the other four years I've had, and I've always kind of known that since, you know, I stepped, stepped on campus and saw what we had as a freshman. So, you know, getting two is just another another part of that, another part of cementing the legacy. Yeah, going out, <clears throat> winning the state championship your senior year, like Reeby said, it's a standard every year. Winning the Interact, winning the state championship every year is a standard. Um, but going out like that would be pretty awesome to end your high school baseball career with a state championship. Yeah, um, I think the past three years have given us an opportunity that is special to, like, especially us four here, uh, having one ring from sophomore year and having another as seniors, you know, go to prom with, like, two rings on our finger, go to graduation, and we're, like, the guys, you know. And I think it would just, like, solidify him. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it would just solidify us. It's just, like, the golden era again, and it would it would be – Really nice and just, like, sick, honestly. Uh, all right, so outside of you guys here, who are some players that uh, that the world needs to know about on the team going into this year? I'll name drop Jaden Rivera. He's a younger guy. He's a sophomore. I think he's still got time to grow a lot. He's very talented. I think he's got a big, he's got a big role for us this year. We lost um, a couple outfielders, and, you know, I think he has to step up this year for us, and I think he'll do it. I, we're, I think we're – all confident in him, and I think he's bound to have a great year. Yeah, I'll take a bias answer here. But I'll draw my cousin, um, Pat White. He played for us in right field last year, but, um, you know, he had a stretch, a month stretch where he was probably the best hitter on our team, um, which is a lot to say when you got like guys like Katron on your team. But, you know, he had a month there where he was batting like something like 500, um, and, you know, it caught up to him eventually because he was a young guy, sophomore. Um, so I think this year looking for him, especially behind the dish, um, to, to step up and not only be a leader at the plate, but behind the behind the dish and, and help manage the pitching staff. But, you know, I trust in him. 
that he's going to do that for us. But it, it's going to be a, be be a big piece of our success. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, Griggs. <laughs> Tui. I'll go. Uh, Noah Trexler. Um, yeah. Noah has. Um, I think came out of his shell. I think towards the end of last year, we started ripping the ball, um, and he's a really good pitcher too. So a two-way player like him would definitely help us make a run this year. Yeah, and uh, lastly, I'll go with our junior, little Brenner Green. Well, he's not very little. He's a pretty big guy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Brenner, that lanky, lanky Slenderman, dude. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's, he's lanky, you don't think? No. Is he a PO? Um, no, he does no. We'll see what he does. He does both. Whatever the team needs. What do you think Brenner will be? I'm sorry? What do you think Brenner will be, PO or not? Just, just <laughs> no, he has, the next you know, he can be a lot of things. Yeah, I can be a lot of things. All right, so uh, <laughs> what, what, Brenner, Brenner, cut all the Fred parts. Out. <laughs> Brenner, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Brenner, uh, Brenner Green Jr. Uh, you know, saw him pitch last year and he absolutely shoved, and he hit a PR in the middle of a game, which was like it was electric on that Saturday. Um, but yeah, I didn't think last year he got enough opportunities for himself, but I just think that. Just happened to be the situation. It was just unlucky, but I think this year he's going to shine out, and then that will transition into his senior year, and it'll be a really smooth two years for him. Looks like a lot of depth on this this roster this year. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, I asked it to Bonner as well, is that all of you guys, whether it's you or your families, you guys chose to go to the Haverford School. So I just want to hear from your perspective, why did you end up choosing here? Just a mix of the academics and athletics. I think, you know, middle school when I – was first introduced to this school it just felt you know just one of those feelings where you step on campus and it's like all right I can see myself like thrive here the next four years and you know watching like the two strong basketball game or like uh the GA football game it just the athletics I knew I wanted to do athletics obviously and just the environment that Hafford Sports puts you in is really special so that was a big key in when I, why I went here. Yeah, I'll say just my parents kind of always knew what the Hereford School was. You know, I don't I don't live particularly close. I live out in Malvern, so uh, it's a bit of a drive. But um, you know, they they knew the academic standards and like the academic um, like excellence that Hereford promotes, um, and that was kind of something they wanted first. So I never even really baseball was never really even the thought process um, coming in. I, I didn't talk to any of the coaches until tryouts freshman year so uh yeah it was just the the academics and and trying to put myself in the best position for my future um uh and then just coming in eighth grade and seeing all the the brotherhood and and like we talked about uh the two strong game with like two thousand people there um supporting cancer and it's probably the best um watching experience for a sports game i've ever been to uh it's just it's been an awesome five years so far uh, and i'm really happy uh, for the decision, um, and the baseball has just kind of been a, a side piece of that, but it, it, it's been a great five years in total. Yeah, my big thing for me and my family was we thought it would just be create better opportunities and for the future. Um, you know, whether it was playing basketball, football, baseball, um, same thing with those two said. The events there were just unreal. The student section is always packed, and you're like, I can see myself playing in one of these games, um, and I knew guys like Cole Donnelly. Cole Donnelly was my shadow when I visited there, um, so he was always trying to get me to come, and I'm um, very glad I made the decision. Um, mine was kind of off a whim. Uh, COVID happened, and 
I was at Ridley at the time, and they kind of were like, it was in like February, I think, and they were like, we'll make this your like two-week stint. It turned into, we were like virtual for the, the rest of the school year, and, you know, my parents were like, what even just happened? Like, that was just like, what? And they were just nervous that I would just miss out an entire school of just like, or an entire year of, well, I was going to miss the baseball season. I remember we were actually at baseball practice when coach Ryan Reed's grandfather, Ron Rome, comes to us and he was like, what's this corona thing going on? He's like, I thought that was deer piss. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, so then we just went home and that was it and didn't come back and my parents were kind of just like, are you, like, there's this school called Hanford School and we were like, I was, I was like, what? And they were like, do you want to go there? And I was like, sure. And I need to get this guy his own show. He's cracking story. me up. <laughs> um, yeah, no. What, what is this cadence? It's the most, most interesting <laughs> man in the world. Oh, what is this cadence? My, my parents oh. were like, Do you, have you heard of the school? And I was like, I mean, I kind of heard it. I mean, I know Connor. And I know Connor's been going there for a year or so. And I knew Gavin, right? Um, I think those were the only... Yeah. And Colby and Colby. Colby, yeah. Uh, it was like the only Ridley Bulls that I knew that went there. And um, I was like, you know, fresh start. And academically, like, in my household, it's always been, like, academics first. And baseball was just, like, a fun thing on the side. And then the summers and then the fall. It's kind of every... All around. So it was pretty big. But anyways, <laughs> we went to the school <laughs> academically. And I didn't even get to tour with anyone. Like, you got around with Cole and everything. I... I walked around with Mr. McBride and didn't go in the building because it was, like, illegal at the time because of COVID. So it was, like, it was horrible. But, I, you know, we... It's the most legendary story of all time. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, so man. We're, we're just walking around campus, and I'm like, wow. Like, this is this is awesome. And, like, the campus looks great. And looking in the windows and everything, I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool, too. And, you know, like, the classrooms look pretty small as per, like, the Ridley ones were, like... Yeah, they're amazing. I, I have, like... So I had, like, 35 people mm -hmm. in, like, my health class in this tiny little room, like, sardines. It's not very... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't get it, man. <laughs> sardines? Yeah, sardines. Packed like sardines. Anyways, we're packed like sardines, and I was like, wow, like, this would be really nice. And, like, having a teacher connection and everything would yeah. be really uh, good. And, you know... Then I remember uh, freshman orientation. I remember meeting Reezy. I remember you being like, I thought you were me. Like really? you, said, you said, like, you said, like, oh, new freshman, didn't talk very much. And you're like, I play baseball. I play outfield and pitching. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I do. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're the same person. Yeah, I know. I was like, what? Not at all the same person uh, anymore, by the way. But. You know, and then I also saw, like, these seniors that were on campus. There were these seniors on campus, and they were, like, sitting on each other's laps, and I was like... <laughs> I'm so serious. Where are we going? Yeah, I know. This, this, no, this is just my experience. The answer. I'll give you... I'm telling you, I'm still like, anyway, I saw these guys sitting on each other's laps, and I was like, what? I was like, I've been going to really my whole life, you know, guys are like... Like, oh, you know, like being bros to, like, impress the chicks. But there's no chicks there. So they're, like, hugging each other. I'd never hugged a dude in a school environment in my life. So I just thought it was really special. And now now I've been going here for four years. You know, the all-guys all environment is honestly once in a lifetime. And I would definitely consider or, or, or recommend it to anybody. Like, 
having having a year two or four of a, a single gender school was it's awesome dudes rock that's yeah. all i have to say yeah, um yeah. all right last thing before we wrap it up i just want to talk about college um <laughs> so we'll start with you kevin you're heading to army just talk a little bit about the recruiting process what you liked about it just like how you ended up there yeah so um wrapping up my junior year at the Harvard school i had no interest at all i went into the summer completely you know just kind of banking on myself at that point to pull something out and by the end of the summer you know i had a pretty good summer and Things were starting to go my way. I, uh, you know, a couple of schools reached out, and then a mili- the military academy reached out, and it was something that I haven't really thought about before. Just, just because I didn't know where I stood, I guess in the baseball, you know, division rankings, and so it wasn't really something I thought about. And then they reached out. I called Coach Traz, awesome guy, and. Um, yeah, I realized quickly that that was the place to be. Like that, I mean, I've had family in the military, Coast Guard. You know, it's been a goal of mine to serve, and I figured why not do it the the best way. And I mean, something I'm really looking forward to. I know it's going to be a challenge, and I know it's going to you know push me to my to my max at times. But that's something I'm ready for, and something I'm excited for. And yeah, that's why I chose Army. So, Ian, I have, I have two questions. One's a follow-up. The first one is just pretty much the same question um, about East Carolina and how you ended up, ended up there. The second one is, did you help recruit Gavin Ray and Van Wilner, or was that just a complete coincidence? Yeah, for the first question, um, so my freshman year, uh, after school ball ended, played summer ball, and that summer went pretty well um, on, the bump, on the bump. Uh, and after that, it was kind of that freshman summer is when I started talking to schools. Uh, and the process was kind of long. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to, to, to be drawn out as it, as it was. And, and it's interesting now seeing you know, that that wouldn't even be a thing with these new rules. It's like that recruiting wouldn't have started for me. But, uh, yeah, that freshman year and then into sophomore year, um, continued <coughs> to just talk to schools, but also, you know, school ball through that, just lots of communication. And then uh, ECU didn't really come on till late, actually. Um, like November... So the start of my junior year, um, we had been in contact for a month. I went down there, took a visit. I threw for them. Um, I came back, and I taught Coach Guy, one of the head coach there, had actually had surgery. So I hadn't gotten to meet him in person. So I hopped on a call with him, and, you know, I kind of knew that they were going to, you know, offer me that week. So I had talked to my family, and they, the goal was always to just – play the highest level of baseball, you know, that, that I could play at. So uh, this was the best opportunity to do that. Um, so I talked to my family, got on that call with Coach Godwin, and I, I ended up committing on the call with him um, after receiving a scholarship. Uh, it was just kind of the right fit. Um, you know, my dad's, um, like, Delco side. Like, my dad's all Delco, but my mom is um, – uh, from down south, so I spent a lot of time in the south playing baseball. So I was kind of knew that that's where I wanted to be, somewhere south. So it fit all, it fit everything for me really. Um, good baseball, warm weather, um, North Carolina was, was kind of a perfect fit. All right, Connor, we're heading to Fairfield. You did not choose the warm weather; you chose the cold weather. How'd that happen? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know to be honest with you. My goal always, like growing up, was oh, I want to play baseball down south. Like down south is just a different world. It's I think it's night and day. But um, 
you know, the recruiting process for me was a struggle. Um, my, to be honest, my grades weren't in the right spot. Um, that's why some schools reached out at first, sent a transcript, really nothing back. Um, Just got ghosted. Yeah, um, <laughs> especially those Ivy League schools. Um, but um, when Fairfield reached out, I uh, didn't really know much about them. Um, I knew they were in the MAC with Ryder because um, good friend Colby, he's there. Um, so started looking into it, uh, got in touch more and more. Um, Started coming to our games, um, and then they asked me to come up for a visit. Um, loved the campus, um, loved the facilities they had. Um, and when they offered me, um, it was it was good for money-wise, um, but still like, ugh, because um, um, the financial aid might not have added up, and the, uh, I didn't know if I was going to get academic money yet. Um, and then... I thought I was going to make it work. Me and my family uh, made a decision and told them they were very excited. Um, and then I reached out to um, Coach Faye to see how if I could get the um, academic money um, to add up. And I balled out my last couple months of junior year and the start of senior year and got the um, money to go up. So uh, it was a very good decision, thank God. Um, but, yeah, it was just – very, it's the recruiting process is a is a roller coaster um, for anyone, um, with all the transfer portal stuff and uh, the guys committing when they're like ten years old. It, yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Fred, are you ready to commit to Penn State club baseball <laughs> live on the air? Uh, <laughs> I will say though, he was, he was saying that you're thinking about playing playing club. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I told Joe before you guys got here was, like, if you want to play above 30 degrees, don't go to Penn State. But if you want to be in the playoffs and contend every year, that's yeah. the best recommendation I can have. Um, announce your commitment. <laughs> you got to get two hats and, like, put, put one on, throw one to the side. and you know. Penn State club. Like, it will be the Penn State logo yep. under it in Sharpie. A lot of Delco reps. Uh, uh, the youngest Mathis brother, Owen's there. There's another kid, Justin Brennan from Marple. I think there's, like six or seven Delco guys there currently. But, no, it's good. I, I mean, I love playing club. It's a good balance of competitive baseball, but also, like, you know, it doesn't overtake your entire life. It's, like, three-ish practices a week, about yeah. 30 games. Uh, but I definitely recommend it, even if you don't go to Penn State. Yeah, I, you know, had a lot of, like, Sunday nights. Like, our, uh, 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 for junior year, especially around baseball season, every Sunday with my parents would be, like, the college talk night for an hour or two. And the first bit was, like, baseball like do I want to go do I want to really like take the steps to go commit somewhere play somewhere whatever division who cares going to play and you know at first I thought maybe I could use baseball as like an asset to like go to a school like I would think you know someone that had been doing robotics for four years is going to be like I'm putting this in my activities to be like the top thing like would I want to use baseball as another tool to get into a school and I think just being, like, a pitcher kind of has, like, this always, like, worry in my mind that, like, what if I go to a school, get committed and everything, and then there's, like, money involved scholarship-wise to play, and then an injury happens, and then they could take the scholarship or, like, that's it, you know? And then I'm stuck with a school that I might not like as much academically, but I was solely for baseball, and that would just, like, screw me, and I would have the worst three, two, or three years. And I, my parents and I were just, like, We'd rather not do that. So we decided, you know, whatever happens, happens kind of, but go to a school academically and 
you know, if they have a club team or if they have like a tryout, walk on tryouts, you know, go and whatever. And if, if it works out, it works out. But I'm not dead set on like, I need to play. Like I want to, I want to spend this year, have this year to be like the best year and leave everything on there. Like these three guys have to save a little juice for the next four years at college in their colleges. Whereas I can just go out there, blow my arm out and that's it. Who cares? At least I gave them everything <laughs> I had and I know, and I have no regrets or anything. And I think there's definitely a certain t- uh, like liberty in that. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's like there's something nice about not being committed and like set in because now I, I still have was it two three months to actually decide, and I'm still getting acceptances and rejections rolling in. Um, but no, it's definitely different. But and not what I was expecting, especially freshman year. But it's interesting. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming in and taking the time to talk. Um, you know, I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this year. I'll be following. We'll get to some games of the week, no problem. Absolutely. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you to the Haverford School boys for uh, coming on the show today. I got to say, uh, Fred Jordan has a job here if he wants because that – you know, you, you can't teach that type of comedy. Uh, and, you know, just some people are born to be on camera. And I think, you know, Fred is is one of the great storytellers of, uh, of this Delco generation. So, you know, getting to talk to those guys, uh, you know, as we mentioned on the show, they, you know, they've been to the top and they've also had, you know, first round playoff exits. So, you know, they, they've seen it all. And I think that experience will be able to lead them to have a, uh, a good 2024 season. So, Thank you to those guys. Uh, really looking forward to getting out and, uh, you know, and seeing them compete in the, the always uh, challenging interact this year. Uh, all right, so we also have uh, assistant coaches Joe Martin and Mike Palumbo. Joe was my old Legion coach. Uh, it's crazy to say this nine years ago. Nine years ago, I, I played for him in and, and Junior Legion and then also in Senior Legion as well. And, uh, and him and Mike Palumbo come on to talk about the team this year uh, from a coaching perspective. So let's welcome on these guys. All right. And we now have on Haverford School assistant coaches, Mike Palumbo and Joe Martin. Bob Castell could not make it today. So you guys are here on behalf. Joe, you were the first ever guest on this podcast. How does it feel to be back? Uh, it's great, man. I've been a while since I've been here and you're doing a great job. It's pretty cool seeing all the content you're pushing out now and, uh, Proudy, I know obviously we started this whole thing, you started about how much you wanted to build it and to see where it's at now, and I know it's just going to continue to build. So I said kudos to you then, I'll kudos to you now, man, just keep doing your thing. Thank you. It's been fun. I mean, we did it on Zoom. You know, I was oh, yeah. I was in my room, you were at your house, and I remember, I think after the interview, I said at some point, like, I want to be able to do this in person, because the Zoom, like, it gets the point across, but, like, it's not anything like, you know, imagine trying to have these four idiots on Zoom and trying to, you know, keep that uh, keep that under control. I mean, after Fred's just <laughs> epic monologue there, I don't think that has to be in person. It's not a Zoom thing. That's an in-person interview right there. And it's cool. And uh, it's cool to be here. If Fred wants a job at Delco Baseball now, he's got one the second he uh, yeah. finishes up at college. But Mike, your first time on the program as well. How's it yeah. feel to be here? Dude, I so I've kind of always followed, you know, from the beginning and obviously coaching with Joe. I'd Found out what you were doing, and, and I've been a huge fan. Uh, and, again, you're addressing, like, something that no one else is doing, and that's what I think has made it so popular, and it's been so good 
you know, for the sport of baseball locally and to give these guys exposure. And even yesterday, when Alden hit the grand slam, I mean, I took that and I said it in our group chat, and we, you know, with my buddies saying, hey, look how cool this is. And they started saying, oh, what's that page for? I said, that's ah, all about Delco baseball players. Yeah, thank so, you. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, this was never meant to be like a shot at the Delco Times. Like, they're good yeah. in their, their own thing, which right. is writing. You know, like, they mostly do writing. They do a little bit of, like, yeah. you know, pictures after games. But they'll be like, click the link in our bio to read the article. Meanwhile, right. like, their audience is more the parents and the grandparents. I want my audience to be like these guys, you know, like the yep. players playing in the game, which, uh, which you know, has kind of led to more of the social media focus totally. than when, like, there's always a place for, for print journalism, but, you know, just doing the social media stuff is, uh, is really what I wanted to focus on here. Yep. But uh, it's good to have you guys in. Uh, how long has it been for both you guys being a part of the staff? <laughs> it's my first year for the second time. Um, yeah, so I, I coached from 2019 up until uh, through the 2022 season. And then I wasn't able to coach last year because I took a job where I was traveling like crazy. Um, so it's my second time being a rookie. There you go. Uh, coming on year eight with uh, with the Fords here and Coach Costello. So eight years. Wow. I, can't, I, can't, I still remember when you took that job because I think I was probably still playing Senior Legion for you at that point, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it was your senior year. Eight years, yeah, eight years ago I would have been, yeah. I think, 16. Quick math on the fly there. there um, I, wrote, I wrote on my list, are you ready to talk some 2010s Nether Providence Legion <laughs> baseball? Uh, but for the, for the sake of time, I do want to talk about, though, that obviously it, I can't believe writing it out 10 years ago was that season where you guys had the best uh, 99% of a season of all time. Uh, we don't need to talk anything about what happened in the state championship, but I will say that seeing you get that state championship with these guys, it had to have healed the wound a little bit, right? I think um, after that, that, the way we lost those two games on that day, it, uh, that Legion state championship game, I mean, nothing's ever going to. I still have fucking nightmares about that. But, I mean, getting one with uh, with that with this group uh, two years ago and the way we did it, uh, coming back every game pretty much, and obviously beating Malvern and, uh, you know, seeing how those guys celebrated and, just how much work that myself, Coach Sell, Coach Palumbo here, Coach McNeely, all those guys put into that season, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely healed him. But nothing will nothing will be able to to get back that that uh, that run there with those guys back in 2014. Uh, I actually wanted to throw in a bit about Jack Campbell here. So the Jack Campbell in you know throwing that game was a surprise to most people, except for the people who knew him. And the reason why was he was on that travel team for years. Um, with Kevin McGonigal, with the Kevin Hendricks, um, and, and again, there was Ryan Getz, Cole Donnelly, all these guys. And what would happen is they'd go through their tournaments, and then they would need a pitcher for the championship, and it was Jack Campbell. And you're seeing, you know, dudes pumping 80, you know, when they're 13, 85, and then you see a Jack Campbell in the championship who's nothing like that but spots, and they would just be baffled. So the moment was never going to be too big for him because he had been he had done it all his life, and I was kind of coaching that team. So it was funny. It was like, all right, well, if we get there. Who, who could possibly be better than someone who's already done it? Yeah. I wanted to give him his, his uh, flowers. I'm a big fan of his. I feel like I feel like playoffs brings out like the mental side of people almost as much yeah. as the physical. Like you find out like who's got you know it's cliche who's got the dog in them right? Yeah. Like who's who's going to be the guy that's not going to be phased by uh, by the moment? And that yeah. was cool because like I wasn't really covering high school baseball yet at mm -hmm. that point. I was more just an observer. And I remember when I I, I read that game recap, I'm like. Who the hell is Jack Campbell? Like, you'd think it would be state championship, like somebody, you know, that's like a commit to a big school. Like, I don't even think he was committed at that point, right? I, I think he was a junior. Oh, yeah, he was a junior. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, that, that must have been just an unbelievable game to be a part of from both sides. I mean, oh it's 2-1, 3-2, right? 2-1. It was, uh, yeah, it was 2-1. Two, two, yeah. two um, and the scoring for us all came in one inning, and the same thing with Matt. You know, they scored their one. Scored early, yeah. But uh, the other side of that, again, so as Fred alluded, like perhaps coming in the game or even Kevin coming in the game, so the bullpen for, at Villanova is down the right field line. So, I, you know, you got to walk out of the dugout, got to walk all the way down to the bullpen. So on my walk down, there's 100 people don't take him out of it. You can't take him out of the game. So I'm walking down. I'm like, I'm trying not to hear them. And then I walk back and I saw one of the particular parents who's like, you're not taking him out. My dad's standing behind him going, you're not taking him out. I'm like, all right, we're not taking him out. You got to be prepared. You always yeah. got to be prepared no matter yeah, what. The funnier yeah. story of that is before the game, you're talking, I forget, the PBR guy. I'm like, who's throwing for you today? He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, who, who is it? It's that big guy. It's like, no, no, no. The guy next to him is obviously Jack, who's you know, five foot seven, five foot eight. And like, just on that guy, he's like, or on that guy. So they're there to recruit, right? Yeah. PBR. Like yeah. they want they want to see the like the, the highest recruits. Yeah. Um, all right. So going into this 2024 season, what are you guys most excited about here? Um I, I've been thinking about this a lot. The the thing that excites me the most is that our when your leadership is also good people, and you know, you got to see four seniors here and our other seniors, when your leadership are also great people, I think that's what you know sets you up to be something special. Um, as proud as I am uh, uh, of them as baseball players, the most proud I am of is them as people. Um, and I've gotten to know their families over four years. And um, so I just think they have positioned themselves to accomplish some of these goals that we've left on the table over three years or for me, two years. So I don't know. I mean, I think we have enough pieces to be able to be really competitive. And, and for us, it's just about, you know, finishing the job in some of those phases. Yeah, just to piggyback, I think, you know, when you have the type of top rotation talent. We have those, Kev, Ian, and, uh, and Fred. Uh, you, you're going to be able to, to be in some games. And then we lost a lot of guys last year at the plate uh, in the field, so we're going to have to have a lot of competition when it comes to who's going to play where, what's the lineup going to look like. Um, so trying to find that out, it'll be uh, it'll be our job to do that. But I think going into the season when you have the top-level talent with those three arms, we're going to be in a lot of games, and we'll piece together everything else from there. It's a lot of good problems to have in terms of, like, position battles. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, good competition. We can't ever have enough competition. So yeah. it'll bring out the best in all those guys. So what do you have to say about the, the senior class from last year that left, just about what they meant both to the program and on, on the field in terms of baseball-wise? Man, I mean, that was, that was a group that was, I would say, just they were super tight. Um, you know, they were, from the day one of trials last year into the end of the season, I mean, they could have, you know, when things got bad, they could have crumbled. But, I mean, we are open for the interact, and, again, like you said, Sean Dock is a big hit for us. Turn the season around a little bit, and uh, you know those guys stuck together. We had injuries throughout the season. I mean, gets he goes down a couple times, and he's he's like he's the glue guy, right? He's the heart of the team at that point last year, and he's, he goes down early. And you know they, you know when he comes back, everything gets back up, and uh, you know them to kind of keep that team together as much as they could last year. Um, it was kudos to them again. I was super emotional after after we lost last year, just because you know when you're with these guys for four years, you go really close to them, as Mike said, to their families, to them as people. And you know when you, when you see a senior class like that that won a state championship. Uh, the year before, and obviously you don't win that the following year. It's tough, um, so I obviously miss those guys. But you know, we, we talk to those guys. You keep tabs on them. You reach out to them, see how they're doing throughout the, throughout their college seasons. And uh, but yeah, I mean, losing those guys is it's tough. But you know, it's like Mike just said. You know, have these guys now, seniors, uh, to try and do something and get back to that state championship dinner. That's that's the goal. Yeah, uh, and like I said, so for for Mark Quatrani, for for Getz, for Cole, for Jack Campbell. Um, and excuse me if I'm missing anyone there. I had actually known those guys since again since they were 11, 12 years old because I started coaching them back then. So it was it was a little bittersweet. And then again, not being able to coach was really difficult for me. Um, so I can more speak to them over their their lifespan. Super competitive guys. 
Um, just winners all around, winners on and off the field. And, yeah, they did. They set that standard, in, again, in, in 22 for what that kind of winning can, can feel like and taste like. So, <clears throat> so Joe, you mentioned when, when we were booking this interview that you wouldn't do it unless these four guys were together. So what was it about this, this group of four that you, you needed them to, uh, to come in together? I mean, look, they, um, that state championship run, they were, you know, they were huge contributors throughout the entire season. I mean, Fred said he had dead arm, but he was our innings leader that entire year. Like, he carried us to that point throughout the, the early part and middle part of our seasons, and unfortunately he, had, you know, he couldn't go to the playoffs. I mean, Kev closed out two of those playoff games for us, coming in in huge moments. And, you know, Ian obviously started, was a huge part, was our DH that year, and then Connor was starting shorts up as a sophomore. I mean, they're the core four right now, as you know, they call it for the Yankees back then, they're the core four for us. Uh, their leadership is, drives our season this year, and they've done a great job of that. But, I mean, you, you can't have the 20, 24 forwards without those four guys. You know, that's they're, they're the leaders of this team, and you know, I don't think we should do this without those four guys here. Yeah, um, I, just piggybacking off of that point, again, I think they embody everything that, that's good about our program and that we want to make better about our program. Like, again, they all talked about having higher expectations for this year. That's what makes them special because they're not – satisfied with doing it once we're not satisfied with not being in interact and you know not having some of the seasons that maybe we wanted to um so i just again i couldn't be more happy that they're the ones representing you know our program you got two ring fingers for a reason right yeah right can't can't leave with just one I know, it's always man. the goal yeah <laughs> like i told you back then you know once you win one you always want to win another one that, that graphic drives, i made up man. i remember yep. yeah it drives it drives us drives those guys too like i just said yeah, uh, so I'd originally just written this coach for this question for Joe, but obviously this can get to go for both of you guys. Um, you've been coaching for a long time, obviously in different roles, whether it be head coach for Legion, for travel, assistant coach here. How do you feel like as a coach you've kind of matured over those years? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, it's been nine years for me, and I you cringe looking back at some of the things you did when you were like 19. I was coaching the freshman team at Carroll. Like, yeah, I, I think you just, you you know, the best thing I learned was from a guy, shout out JT Fisher, if you ever see, I don't even know if he has social media, I think he lives <laughs> in the woods now, but like, you know, he taught me to say less, do less, be simple, make the game about the players, the the player, we, we were coaching in a tournament one time, we lost a championship game, really tough, like, and I, and I felt like I was responsible, he's like, ah, look kid. Players, those are your trophies. That's how we talk. He's a, a fascinating guy. I thought you were going to say the players lost this game. I thought, I thought, that's, I thought that's the advice oh, he was going to give you. Yeah, like, no. no, you didn't lose it. They're the they're ones the players, that were out there. No, he always said, he's like, look, the players are your trophies. Shine the spotlight on them and, and, and you know, less, less, be simple. Keep it simple um, when you're teaching them. So that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to take everything over years and it starts here and you try to really bring it down and just get your point across in one sentence as opposed to five. Yeah. Uh, just. Like I said, I was 19 when I started head coaching at Legion. And then you go through that for six, seven years, and you're, by the time you're done, you're, you know, it's 24. And uh, obviously started here when I was 23, first year out of college. But I think, you know, when I was able to be at uh, University of Penn for that one year as, a, as an intern with that staff and obviously see where they're at now, that's, that was something great for my maturity, just to being around a college program and see how it's run. And then, you know, when you're 19, like Mike just said, you're doing some crazy-ass shit every day, right? I mean, as a head coach, I look back now and stuff like that, I was like, wow, like, it worked, right? We were successful. But, I mean, you know, you learn from a lot of things, and, you know, we continue to learn every day. I think we don't go into a season like, we got all the answers. We know what we're doing. Like, dude, we're learning. We're learning something new pretty much every every day that we can do as a, to better our program, better practice, better game planning, everything we want to do. So I think we're always learning, but, you know, you got to take those lumps when you're younger to figure it out, for sure. And as I think the most important thing is keep it simple. All right. You guys are going to fill in the blank for me right here. Okay. The Haverford School will be the state championship this year if blank. 
What needs to go right? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, everything. I mean, it just it kind of just blends together. Uh, for us to be the state championship, everybody, everybody needs to be committed to giving a lot of themselves to be a part of the team. I would rather us set records there and team records, and I know our players would rather set team records than individual records. So everyone needs to be willing to give up a little bit of themselves to be part of the larger goal. Yeah, I think what these guys said, buying in. I mean, knowing their role and exceeding at their role, whatever it is, you're either a starter, you know, a reliever, a guy comes off the bench, a hit guy that starts, you know, if you either, you know, you're in between, you're platooning with guys. It's just whatever that role is, it's gripping it and then, you know, taking it high as you can and, and uh, you know, really just you know, expanding and, and doing the best that you do at your job that day and, and, again, buying into what we're trying to do throughout the season. All right, well, gentlemen, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Thank man. you for coming Appreciate in this it. year. And uh, hopefully this won't be the last time you guys are in this year. We yeah. got a long season ahead, so uh, – We'll be uh, we'll be making our rounds to games. We'll be keeping tabs and uh, see you out there. Yeah, yeah best man. luck to you too, man. Thank, thank you. All right, thank you to the first ever guest of the Delco Baseball Now program, Joe Martin, uh, and also Mike Palumbo for taking the time to come on the show today. It's no surprise why this program is so successful every year. You know, when they're as well run as they are. Uh, hopefully, we'll have head coach Bob Castell on, uh, who is in his, I believe they said, thirty second season coaching the Haverford School. What a run. I believe four state championships. I want to say four off the top of my head um, in that time frame since they, they joined the PESA. So really great to, uh, to catch up with Joe, uh, now a recurring guest on the program, and uh, just hear you know, from, from their perspective what, you know, what makes this group so exciting and you know, what they think it's going to take for them to, uh, to be able to be back on top and uh, dethrone their rival Malvern Prep this year. Uh, so we're going to switch from the private school world to the public school world here. We're going to uh, welcome on the Marple Newtown Tigers. We got Bennett Cox, Jason Bennett, and Paul DeFruccio on to talk about what it's going to take for a very exciting Marple Newtown team to get back in the state playoffs and try and capture their second state title. All right, we are now joined by our guys from Marple Newtown Baseball, Jason Bennett, Paul DeFruccio, and Bennett Cox. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show. How you doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Of course. It's good to have you guys in. Uh, how's the offseason been for you guys? Now football season's over. Yeah, so uh, the offseason's been good. Been working out at the Flanagan Center, doing offseason workouts and stuff. So it's been good. Yeah, we start uh, live tomorrow. It's our first time seeing live arms, so it should be good. Yeah, it's good to hit in the Flanagan Center every day or every week. Um, good reps in, and I'm excited to see live. So None of you guys are pitchers, right? Uh, right. Really ca- do you I do both? or? Yeah. So I'm, you're catcher... Jason and I second this year, and then I'll pitch this year. I, too. I used to pitch, but last year on our spring training trip, I like partially tore my UCL. So I You guys have enough arms that, that you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, where do you guys usually train at? Do you guys train together, like non practice, just like lifting, you know, hitting and stuff, like um, on your own? Me and Jason go to the PA Rebels. Yeah. Is that Westchester? It's in Westchester. Okay, that's where oh, I live. Yeah. I haven't been there. I live in Westchester, though. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I usually hit with uh, Dominic Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where is this place at? Uh, he. We go to Diamond Baseball Academy. It's up in uh, uh, Plymouth Meeting. I've so, I've yeah. seen like videos of him like coaching and stuff go out. I want I want to stop over there. So, are there a lot of Delco guys that go there? Uh, not really. It's a lot. I know some Methacton kids that work with him. It's like the only kids I really know that work with him. 
but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool that he stayed in the area. Yeah. I still have his. Uh, I got his jersey after his like one month of like superstardom. Yeah. You know, yeah. back yeah. like All a decade ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's that's cool that he's still staying involved. Um, yeah. The first question I had on here is how cool is it playing on the new field? Because I, I need to know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty awesome. Like, when we have those um, games under the lights, it's really like an atmosphere that um, you don't really get with high school baseball usually, but it's uh, it's really cool. Yeah, as like an infielder, like me and Bennett, it's uh, very nice to have turf. Yeah. I hated the Marple third. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, <limit> third. <laughs> when you're going to other Central League schools, you're getting bad hops, like, on the dirt, and then you come to our field and you're getting just clean hops. So it's nice. Yeah, I love it. Well, I didn't really get to play in the field much last year, but it's just awesome. And it's a good-sized fences and stuff. So. I feel like, like we said before we recorded, there should be more night games. I don't yeah, know whose decision yeah. it is. Um, I think that, a, first off, a playoff night game yep. would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But cool. it's like you mentioned, like every other high school sport is at some point under the lights or or a night game. Like, you know, soccer, football, lacrosse, like any turf sport is usually under the lights. Yeah, Basketball yeah. will be night games. We don't really get to have like all the fans come out because all those people are at practice yeah, or at right. other sports, yeah. and I feel like getting the night games is a good way to get everybody out. Are we the yeah. only school in the Central League with the light with lights? I don't. So I guess teams play at MSI sometimes, but like as a home yeah, field. And them play. I, th- yeah. I think so, right? Yeah, not not the only one with turf because I know Haverford has turf. Um, yeah. yeah, And Devon Prev, if you consider them Delco, I still yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. other way, but I they think you're nice the only field. one with lights. Yeah, because like my old roommate, um, he's from Virginia, and he said every high school baseball game he played home or away was at seven o'clock. He's like, I, I never even thought that. Like, I wish really yeah, that'd yeah, be nice. Really cool. Yeah, uh, do you guys have like Saturday night games at all? Because I feel like that would be fun. We did last year. We, we had like one. we had a couple. Yeah. I feel like that would be uh, just like good to get get people out. You know, like yeah. any. Uh, and as we'll talk about it in a little bit, I, I want our Central League playoffs. I think no matter who's in it, just like having it at Marple under the lights would be would be uh, would be really yeah, cool to, to do. All right, let's talk about the uh, the twenty four Marple Newtown Tigers. So outside of you guys, who are some people that the world needs to know about on the team? Um, well, definitely our center fielder Lucian Berger, uh, Fairfield commit. He's gonna, I think he's gonna really have a good uh, good year hitting. Um, yeah, uh, we have a lot of players returning, so it should be good. Uh, uh, we got uh, pitching. Our pitching should be good. Jack Mahalik, he's going to be really good this year. And also, I think Nick Puglisi is going to be pretty good for us. I was watching him pitch in the bullpens. He's, he looks pretty good for us. So I'm excited for our pitchers to work. Yeah, we have some young guys that started for us last year as freshmen, Aiden Kern, Jackson Berger. So we're going to count on them this year, and hopefully they have a big year. And uh, also Brick, our third baseman. His yeah. name's Aiden Pearson, but we... We all call him Brick. Where'd Brick. he just commit to? I made a graphic. One North, of the, Northampton. That's right, he was a Juco. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, great guy. You guys didn't lose too, too many arms, right? Um, we got everybody no, back. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, who's, yeah. who started the playoff game? Mahalo, Jack Mahalo. Okay, yeah, because I just remember when I was doing, like, kind of like my early prep, I'm like, I feel like all these arms... Yeah, which is good. Yeah. ...they were on the same roster. Yeah, yeah well, because when we had our Strathaven guys in... You know, we asked, like, who else in the Central League you think are going to be good? They all just said Marple. Like, cause yeah. it's the same. It's the experience, you and know? They, they all have experience, all our arms. They yeah. all pitched last year, yeah. so. That helps a lot. nerves out of the way, yeah. I think, yeah. so. Um, all right, so now that the senior class has gone from last year, how do you feel like you guys are prepared to kind of take over that, like, leadership? You know, you got to be a little more vocal now. Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty pretty easy. I mean, last year we only had a senior first baseman starting, so it was really on us to um, be the leaders last year, and this year I think it'll – come pretty naturally to um yeah keep going yeah just like jason said i think it's kind of like the same as last year just us doing the same thing i feel like last year helped us a lot into this year 
because we kind of had everything on our shoulders last year, so it'll kind of help us out this year. Yeah, I guess the big thing, we just have to set an example. I don't know, just always do things right, clean up, so teach the younger kids because we're a bunch of us are graduating this year, so they got to take our role next year, and it's a big thing that we got to like be a leader for them. Yeah, because yeah. it's hard because like some people, they're just not built to be like vocal leaders, more like lead by example. Yeah. I think it's good to have a good balance of, of a little bit of everybody. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, he couldn't join us today, but but Toby McCart was named the full-time head coach. He was the interim last year. Um, what do you guys just have to say about him, what he brings to the program now that he's like the guy here? Um, I, I think he's awesome. I really like him. Um, he he brings a stability that um, we need. And um, last year it was hard with him coming in like at the very start of the season pretty much. But um, now to have him for a full off season, I think it'll be good. Uh, yeah, Toby's just like great dude. I mean – Good guy to play for. You'll put it all in the field for him, and yeah, I love playing for him. Yeah, I love that. He's a great guy. One of my favorite coaches I've had. Just awesome. He's a good guy for the kids, uh, for the parents too. Good communication. So he also sets us up well. He has he gets good connections for us too yeah, with like outside, like summer baseball and also college. So. He used to carve me up in the Delco League, too. He throws from, like, a, a weird, yeah. like, I'm sure, with, you know, you've probably seen it, but he throws from, like, a three-quarter-ish slot. And seen. back when he was in, like, his, you know, peak, like, he was throwing, like, upper 80s, like, in the Delco League at this angle. I didn't have a, I didn't have a chance. Um, but I wasn't going to I think he went to Marple, too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. it's got to be cool, like, to be able to have someone that, that gets the program and gets, like, the, the community around Yeah, him, yeah. Know? Uh, so, obviously, for you guys, it was a very good regular season. The playoffs didn't go the way you wanted. How do you take, like, what you learned from that game and kind of fuel that for this season? Um, I think I think we learned last year that we really just need to keep our energy high at all times. Like, when that Oxford game, we really just – we didn't come out the way that we should have um, and the way that we have shown earlier in that season. But if we keep our energy up, um, I think there's we, – we would do great. There's no team that really should um, – handle us like that I think last year really showed that you can't win on talent alone because we had ups and downs all year and that playoff game really really showed that we can't just win off town alone and we need to bring our energy every game like Jason said and just put it all out on the field uh, I think it was awesome that we had a home playoff game last year but I also think it made some guys more nervous because we did have a good amount of people there and a lot of those guys did not play like the year before. So they were like, this is their first ever playoff varsity baseball game. So I think they're a little nervous. And to get that out of the way that this year we should be a lot better. Yeah, and, and even in a loss, it's good to have, you, yeah. you have that experience now. All the guys, like you said, for the most part, were, were there for the game. Like they know what to expect. You won't be phased like, yeah. you know, like the way that last year. And also... I guess from the energy side, that Oxford team, they had to play to get to you, right? So they kind of yeah. already got, yeah. like, like rolling a little bit. Um, and, but they, and they had, because we beat them two years ago, so they had a oh, That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't really – like, last year was my first year, like, like really covering it. Like, I kind of followed along, like, from the outside. Um, but what were, what were some of the best moments from the 2023 season for you guys? Because it, it, until that last playoff game, like, it was a very strong year for you guys. Um, I don't – well – I guess just coming together and playing with the same guys that I've been playing with all my life was just pretty pretty awesome. Um, and, I mean, the best moments of the season, I think, were just, like, after Sunday practices, going out to eat with the, my friends and all that. So I really loved all that stuff. Yeah. I've, uh, last year, I think it was Myrtle was probably my 
favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, Mer- uh, and then uh, when Jack Marlock hit a walk off against Pencrest. Oh uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. Sad. I forgot about that. We beat uh, Upper Darby in like a close game, and we went out to Freddy's to eat, and that was fun. So. Yeah, that was fun. Those two were my best. All moments. right, so this might be a dumb question, but. Who do you guys consider the biggest rival? Because in most sports, it's Springfield. Would you say for baseball, it translates? Because I know in football, it, it that game just feels like the biggest rivalry game. But um, it kind of changes by the sport. Yeah. Uh, honestly, for me, I think it's Strathaven. That, that's honestly what I was going to guess. Yeah. yeah, going against them. We've go, I've, Personally, I've been going against them in tough games like my entire high school career. So that game means the most when I play. Yeah, yeah I feel like Haven, too, because, I mean, they have a great team every year. And we have a pretty good team every year, so it's just always a battle when us two go together. Yeah, I feel like every year, like at least in my time, we just split. We both just take one and just be like, yeah, all right, that's that's about where we're at for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, same. Definitely strapped in because every time I've played them, it's always been, I feel like, two, three, one-run games. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just always a good feeling when you beat them. So. This yeah. year, this year's for the roommate bragging rights. Yeah. So you yeah. got you got to at the very least get and the split. You can't let Matty Kane take that for you. Yeah, definitely. We play him first year or first game of the year. Oh, is, is it at Marple or is it, it Haven? Is, it's at our so place. we're gonna be doing like a game of the week thing, and that that sounds like a pretty good way to, yeah. to start yeah. off the year. Because yeah. yeah. like we, we want to treat it almost in a way like college game day, where like at the beginning of the week we'll like say like here's where we're going and just kind of go from there. And I think yeah, that awesome. you know that'll be yeah. that'll yeah, be cool. That'll be cool. cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so I wanted to talk about, so Marple is still the only Delco team to win a PIAA title in baseball. So what would it mean to you guys to be able to add your names to that legacy? Because having two more than any other team, that sounds pretty good to me. Well, I mean, obviously that would be that would be an amazing feeling. Um, it would be awesome to put our, like, see our year on that banner up there, get a banner like that. It would, it would be really, like, a surreal feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have been thinking since freshman year, like, our senior year is going to be the year. Because we knew we all have the talent, and we just need, like, the maturity and the experience. So I think we all think that this is the year we can do it, and it would be awesome if we could do it. Yeah, we all talked about a freshman year, and then uh, now it's actually here. I think we do have a very good shot at making it, like, very far this year. So it'll just come down to whoever we play and who we face off against. But So uh, how many seniors you guys have this year? If you only had one or two, like a couple last year. 13, I think. It might be more. more. That's crazy, yeah. And it it goes back to what we said earlier with, like, the leadership stuff. Like, you know, with all those guys leaving, you got to make sure, like, the younger guys are ready to to carry it over, to carry it over next year. Um, So, obviously, we talked about Strathaven. Who else in the Central League do you think has got a good shot to to potentially win? Um, Well, Garnet has a good team every year. uh, I, I think Harrison's actually pretty good. I think so too. I was we're we're yeah. going to be doing like a uh, like a power rankings type thing to start the yeah. year, mostly because we know that no matter what we do, someone's going to get pissed, and yeah. someone getting pissed means more ratings because they're going to be like you know share it in comedy like oh like disrespect to you know whoever and be like hey like I don't know if they yeah. graduated many guys. The last year they were pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So. I think uh, Lower Marion's going to be good this year. Yeah, yeah, I think they have a lot of talent, so that'll be a good game when we play them. Yeah, Van, Van Willner is really good. Yeah, very good pitcher. Great arm. Yeah, especially you know in a league where you know usually usually only two days a week, sometimes three games a week. Like you can get that ace throwing a lot, and and he can take you uh, a lot of places. Uh, we didn't really know whether to consider Harriton, uh, Lower Marion, and Stoga like as a part of like the Delco baseball world. But then like when you think about it, it's like when they're playing in a conference where nine out of the 12 teams are Delco, like you, you kind of have to yeah, just lump them in there. You yeah. know, it just only, it just makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they just got him in here because that's all they play is Delco. They yeah. don't play any other main line teams, I don't think. so. No, I don't think so. Like, because like for like the all Delco stuff at the end of the year with like the Daily Times, I don't think they're a part of that. Really? But like, I think they they're should not. be because like yeah, you're competing I think, with. I know they do like main line. Like, yeah. Athlete of the week. All area like, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and uh, and go with that. All right, well, we talked about it before we recorded, but uh, I'm trying to start the movement for the Central League playoffs. And I think even just something as simple as, like, just four teams, a quick semi and a championship, like, it doesn't have to be, I think the PCL does, like, yeah. 10 teams single elimination, yeah. which, you know, they I think they only play, I want to say, like, 11 or 12 regular season games. But do you think having the opportunity to, like, play for the trophy should be something on the table? Yeah, I think it would, it would make the uh, championship mean way more. You wouldn't have those... Um, like co-titles anymore. I feel like you wa- you'd want it a lot more, and I feel like you'd strive to win every game a lot more, knowing there's a championship at the end and just playing hard every game. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun for everyone, and uh, j- like the Central League basketball playoffs that we all went to the games, and they were like all electric and a lot of fun to watch. So hopefully it'll be the same like that for baseball. Yeah, but I would love to play in a game like that. Yeah, and obviously you know like football is kind of a different sport because you can't really play too many games like yeah. that in a row. But I feel like for baseball it, it could be the same thing. I yeah. think basketball they just take the top four and and do the semis and championship. It could I think be eight. It's like eight. It I could think be it's eight. eight. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of pitching, you know, just doing like four. Um, would would be pretty cool, I think, because like nobody wants to share a banner, yeah, and yeah. also in baseball, teams change so much throughout the year. Like you guys play Haven on opening day, you guys yeah. are both from a player standpoint and like team chemistry and everything are going to be so different than what yep. you are the last okay. week of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the atmosphere in that championship and semifinal game would be awesome. Yeah, too. probably the most so fun game yeah. I've oh, yeah. ever played in. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys most excited about for this season? What do you think, like, you know, just from a on-the-field, off-the-field standpoint, just looking forward to? Um, I'm, I'm excited to just finally put our senior year together. We've, like we've said, we've been talking about it for a very long time. To um, just finally get that done would be cool and hopefully be very successful. Successful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think, like Jason said, we've been waiting for it for so long. And to finally kick it off, it's going to be awesome. Starting in Florida, we're really excited for that playing good teams down there, and we'll just see where the season goes. Yeah, I'm super uh, excited for Florida, definitely. But also, I just want to make it to the back state playoffs again because two years ago when we were in states, it was a great experience. And then I know last year we ruined our streak of making state playoffs. But it's definitely going to – I don't need to talk about the biggest fluke ground ball of all time in that that state game. Because I remember – so Owen Mathis tried out and made the club team his freshman yeah. year. Justin Brennan didn't, but he made it this most recent yeah. year. And I remember just talking to Owen about it. He's like, he's like, there was like a something on the field, like a yeah. like a sprinkler or something yeah. where. Who was it short? Was it? Was, it was Dylan Kane. No, that's no, right. That's no, right. Owen was pitching. It was Justin, oh. Justin Brennan. Uh, was yeah, short but that was one of the most like ta- I think that was the most talented team I've ever been on, and I think this year's team is really similar. So I want to. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be cool being a part of the Marple community yeah. where it's like, you know, I think when I was a, a when I was a junior, they made the they made it to the state semis, I think. Okay. 2018, they won the championship. 2019, they were back in the state playoffs. Like you yeah. said, there's like the streak going. Um, yeah. What do you have to say just about like the Marple community, like even off the field, just like the support you guys get and just being a part of this team? Uh, I mean, it's awesome. Marple Newtown's a very um, baseball heavy community, like going through little leagues. All of our, all of our little leagues are very com- competitive and then. Just working our way up through the ages, every, every like uh, Marple Newtown is just very like baseball heavy community. Yeah, I feel like every parent and 
Marple tries to get their kid involved in baseball right away, playing for MTLL, South Marple, whatever, Nell. And then it just playing all this talent, and then it just comes up to high school, and then you all play together and brain together. Yeah, it's awesome. And not many people, like, transfer out, really. And, like, yeah. I've pretty much played against all these guys since Little League. Like, Paul played at South Marble. Jason played at MTL, but I played at Nail. Uh, we always used to beat him. Rivalry. Wow. I was, I, that was my next question, actually, if you guys grew up playing with or against each other. Because yeah. for me, it was – so, like, I played in media – and if you didn't play in media, you played from Nether Providence, which wasn't Little League. It was, it was Cal, Ripken. Cal Ripken. So we yeah. never really played against, like, those kids uh, for the most part. But that's a good point. I feel like most Marple kids, like, Chris Newell was different because, like, Malvern Prep, you know, probably, like, yeah, like gave him, like, a full ride and, yeah. you know, said, like, hey, you come to us, we're going to get you drafted, and, and yeah. that's different. But yeah. I feel like that's that's definitely something I didn't really think about, that yeah, people want to play for Marple. And especially with our new field, I, I highly doubt anyone will go to Malvern or Halford School yeah. or EA or whatever. I feel bad for the seniors that had to play at Gauntlet their senior year and then uh, didn't we, get to we, play we on the surf field. We played at Tom, Thomas. It was a Thomas, Thomas okay. Field. They were Thomas. not very happy about yeah. it. Did you ever have to play at Gauntlet? Because we did for Delco Lee when Marple was under construction. Oh, freshman year, we played at Gauntlet. Yeah, we, we practiced yeah. here that at the goal yeah, with practice. You'll be used uh, to any bad bounces uh, after yeah. after playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it stinks. All right, real quick, I want to talk about college. So, Jason, you're heading to Rowan. I want to talk about just, like, how, you know, the recruiting process was for you, how you ended up landing there. Like, just talk me through it. Yeah, well, um, so I really just wanted to play. And for me, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer in college. Um, so that was pretty big to find Rowan, who has good engineering and um, a good baseball, good size. So I thought it was just a really good fit there. And I'm excited to go there. Paul, are you ready to announce your commitment to Penn State Club Baseball live? On the, I said the same thing to Fred Jordan in the Haverford interview, um, but you are considering playing club somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I was th- Earlier in the year, I was thinking about going to play Juco Baseball, uh, but then I kind of switched my mind around, like, December, kind of, and I just thought club would be better for me. It's more laid back and stuff like that, and I was, uh, yeah, I just thought it would be easier for me. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, go to a school where if, if you don't make the team, like, you'll still be happy at. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you go down south somewhere, you don't have to deal with Penn State's, like, 25-degree weather. Yeah. But you can team up with the Marple guys. But either way, I have nothing but good things to say about club. It's it's the perfect balance between you get to play competitive baseball, 25-30-game yeah. season, you know, two or three practices a week, but you still get to have, like, that – Free you know, time. that free time yeah. and social life. And, and especially, you know, we had guys drop down from the varsity team because they were in engineering. And they're like, with the D1 schedule and engineering, they're like, you kind of have to pick one or the other. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. it's just crazy. But, um, Bennett, you're heading to Canisius, which is in, yeah. I want to say, it's Connecticut? It's New York. New York. I knew yeah. it was somewhere, like, yeah. I, was, I was in Fairfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, uh, over the summer, they weren't, like, the first school that I was looking, but then they, like, pursued me really hard, and then, I went up there, and I love the coaches, great guys. And I, they have really nice facilities up there, and then I just committed. But I was at their game yesterday against St. Joe's. Was that in it Philly? Was, or? It was at St. Joe's, yeah. Okay, I, don't even, I don't know why they're not down south right now. I was going to say that. They, they just have yeah. this one series, and then next week they're going to South Carolina, I want to say. But um, they got walked off, but it was still a cool game. It's really cool to watch because I've never watched a college baseball game in my life. Like in person? Like in person. Oh, wow. I've never seen one. So. Yeah, no, it was a cool experience. It's cool to see like yeah. how everyone has their yeah. shit together. And you also, know? Our, old, uh, our old varsity coach, Zimmerman, his son plays at St. Joe's, mm-hmm. so we played against him. Luke Zim, yeah, he's on yeah. My, uh, my Wayne Delco team, the hero of that yeah. 2018 Marvel uh, yeah, team yeah, as yeah. well. Um, all right, well, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to come in today. Uh, we're looking forward to the season. Anything you want to get off your chest while you're here? 
Uh, I, I got nothing. Yeah, nah, we're all good. All right, thank you guys for coming yeah, in. Uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we get some Marvel uh, guys in here. Yeah, it's gonna be a long season. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, see, uh, first game's March something against uh, in Florida. Fourteenth, uh, I think our first game. Usually yeah, stream on Game Changer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah we'll yeah, be tuning yeah. in. Yeah. All right, thank awesome. you guys, and I'll uh, see you soon. Thank, thank you for having us. All right, thank you to the guys from Marple Newtown for taking the time to come on the show. A very exciting team, uh, you know, as they talked about, it's very exciting when you have a senior class that big who's been waiting for this moment, you know, to be able to play together for a long time. You know, obviously they, they mentioned they, they grew up playing against each other. They've been playing with each other for a long time. And it's an exciting thing when a group this big, I, I want to say my senior year, I think we had 12 or 13 as well, is able to kind of come together for almost, in a sense, the last dance because, you know, they've been dreaming of the time where it's it's their show. You can be playing together for as long as possible, but until you're seniors, especially in the high school world, like, this is your time to uh, to run the show. And and I think they uh, are going to take full advantage of that. they got a lot of talent coming back, and uh, they seem to have their, uh, you know, the right mentality about the way that last season ended and what they need to do this season to kind of, you know, avoid having the, the early playoff exit that, uh, that they, you know, that they had last year. So uh, thank you to those guys for coming on. And, uh, you know, as I said, I, I don't think this will be the last time anyone from Marple is on the show this year. All right, so not um, too much to talk about in the college baseball world overall because, you know, the season just started. This is being recorded on Saturday afternoon. So we only really have, you know, one day of the first, you know, weekend of Division One baseball to talk about. But we have to start with Alden Mathis, because if we're on the topic of Marple, Alden Mathis in his first at-bat at Clemson after trans- uh, after transferring from Richmond hit a grand slam. He came up, he, he was an 0-2 count to start, worked his way back, and hit a 106-mile-an-hour off-the-bat home run uh, to right center field. And, you know, that's, that's the way that you get uh, your new teammates, first off, but a, a new you know, community on your side, because, you know, this is not obviously a a shade at Richmond, but, you know, going from Richmond to a, an ACC school in South Carolina, like it's a different size fan base, right? Like you're, you're playing in front of thousands of people now when at Richmond, you might not have been playing in front of multiple thousands of people. Uh, And, you know, to go to a top 10 program like Clemson, uh, especially cool having an orange Tigers jersey back on, I might add, but, you know, to be able to go in there and, you know, that'll, that'll buy you a little leeway. Uh, if he starts to, uh, at any point, struggle, be like, hey, like, this guy hit a grand slam on, on opening day for us uh, as they, they beat Xavier pretty bad. And, you know, very, very cool moment. I'd say the first true Delco baseball moment of the year was, uh, was that swing right there. Pitch. High drive. Right field. Way back. It is gone. Welcome to Clemson, Alden Mathis. An opening day grand slam to give the Tigers the early lead. Last year, Clemson hit six grand slams in the season, which was the most since 2010 when the Tigers had a record eight grand slams. And uh, hasn't taken long to hit one this year. That was 90 miles an hour directly in the middle of the plate. Mathis hit it 372 feet, and Canarell is jacked. Uh, we also had Cabrini. This was this was last weekend. Cabrini had their season opener. Uh, unfortunately, their their final season opener 
as a school will be shutting down after this season, but they, they got an opening day win. They took down Clark Summit by a score of 8 nothing. I want to say they only let up maybe one or two hit the whole game. The offense had multiple uh, guys with a couple of, couple of knocks. Uh, shout out Christian Strickland, uh, Upper Darby Blue Sox catcher from Garnet Valley area. Uh, he caught all nine innings of that game. Hunter Kreiser from uh, Haverford Public High School, he also pitched in that game as well. And he, uh, I want to say through maybe two innings, I want to say one or two innings uh, in that game for them. They play their games at Carroll. So uh, it was, it's impressive we were able to get any games in with the, you know, the snow that we just got hit with that we actually had a, a warm weather you know, it was probably in the 40s or 50s, a warm weather weekend that we could get our, our games in. And, uh, and you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best to cover college baseball. You know, it's it's tough for us to be able to cover high school, you know, Delco college teams, also Delco college players that are playing outside of Delco, like guys like Alden, uh, while also, you know, keeping an eye on like MLB and, and Phillies and stuff like that. So still kind of trying to decide what the best approach is in that way uh, and, and how we want to go about covering games and how we want to go split it up. But also, I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to Widener. Uh, and, and it wasn't because they, you know, they, they won or they did anything, you know, exceptionally well. I want to give a shout out to big Delco Baseball Now supporter, Austin Morgan, who got ejected in the first inning of opening day. It was either the first or second inning because he was, he had DM'd our account and he had said that, um, that when I, when I report about, you know, what happened in Widener's series against uh, number seven Shenandoah on the road opening weekend, that I mentioned the umpires and, and how they, uh, they screwed them over. And he also mentioned after that, he's like, I got tossed. That's why I'm able to text you. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, wait, it's like, it's like the second inning in this game. So he, uh, he, you know, surely had something to say there. And, um, you know, I don't really have too much, uh, knowledge of what happened in that game, but I, I thought it's just, it doesn't get more Delco than getting, getting tossed on opening day in the early stages of the game. But Hey, listen, you got to respect it because he's, he's riding for his guys and he, you know, he wants to, uh, you know, every, every coaching staff has one guy that if, if needed to get thrown out, he's their guy. Like I was at the Bonner playoff game against Shaler last year in the state semis. And I, I apologize. I don't know his name, but I mean, Bonner's staff has like nine people, and there was one guy with like a really thick Delco accent who just made sure to let the ump hear it when he needed to, and he ended up getting tossed. And in my head, I was kind of like, this guy is on this staff solely to chirp umps when they when they need to. So um, shout out to uh, Episcopal alum Austin Morgan uh, for that one here. Uh, we'll do a quick uh, Phillies and MLB wrap-up here to, uh, to end the show. Uh, the Phillies have signed Whit Merrifield to a one-year $8 million deal. Uh, I think it's, it's fine. I think that's pretty much the best way to describe it. I, I think that if you're either upset or ecstatic about it, you're probably a little off base. I think that he's going to be uh, a much-needed bench upgrade bat. I think he's someone that, you know, he is obviously his best days are behind him. But he stole, I think, 26 bases last year. So even at the age of 34, he still got some of that speed left. He can play, you know, he can play second base. He can play the outfield. Uh, most of his time in the bigs has been at second base. But if there's ever a time where they're facing a lefty and they want to give Brandon Marsh a day off, they could put him out there. Or facing uh, a righty, if they want to give Johan Rojas a day off, they can move Marsh to center and uh, have. Merrifield play left, but overall he's just a good hitter and he's someone that I think will be an upgrade over uh, purely with the bat, an upgrade of Edmundo Sosa, definitely. And in a, in a late game, 
situation. He could be someone where if Rojas is struggling, then Merrifield could go in, get the pinch hit, and stay in the game in left field. So I think overall, it's just another bat to uh, you know to round out the bench. I know that a lot of Phillies fans have asked about it last year. I also think that when you watched a playoff game end with the bat in Jake Cave's hand, that's really not uh, an ideal approach. And I, I think that there's also a very good chance that another outfield, like a true outfielder, could be added to the mix. So um, uh, I, I think it's exciting. I think it's a, it's a good signing, but it's nothing that really moves, moves the chain, I will say. Um, the pitchers and catchers are back, though, which is a very exciting thing. You can start to kind of feel it. Uh, shout out Charlie Manuel, who is once again just at his perch behind the batting cage watching and, and just, you know, being the Phillies' like all-time supporter, uh, all-time baseball glue guy, he's someone that all the players love seeing. He's still got his baseball knowledge. Uh, he, you know, after that stroke, I know for a while it was kind of hard for him to be able to, you know, do what he wanted to do, say what he wanted to do, move around the way he wanted to. Uh, so to be able to see him still out there and and doing his thing is uh, is is really special. And I know the uh, the players will really appreciate it. Uh, last last player thing I wanted to talk about is Jordan Montgomery because he was a huge part of that Texas Rangers team winning the World Series last year, top of the line rotation guy, and it just seems like the Rangers aren't really putting in much of an effort to get him back. And I don't have his age off the top of my head. I'll look it up real quick, but I know that there's some rumors coming around that the uh, the Phillies are interested in him in a like short term high money type of deal and he's 31 years old right now so if they could get him for really anywhere less than like four years like three or four years he's also a guy that doesn't necessarily rely on velocity so I think kind of like Aaron Nola I think he could age well and be somebody that you know could uh could still have a couple good years left in him at you know his mid-30s upper 30s whatever it may be but uh, man the Phillies right now I would argue probably have a top 10 rotation in all of baseball, probably not top five, maybe uh, potentially, but adding Jordan Montgomery, if you go Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Jordan Montgomery, Ranger Suarez in a, in a playoff series, you're there's a very good chance you're going to have the better pitcher in every single one of those matchups, depending on who you play. So I think if, if the money's right and Montgomery wants to come to a winner, I think that's a perfect deal. I, I don't think that, the Phillies will be willing to give Blake Snell or Cody Bellinger the money that they want or the years that they want. So I, I think that's kind of a, a tall task. Last thing I wanted to talk about Phillies-wise is the leaked City Connect jersey. So editor's note, uh, I'm also the editor, uh, note to myself to put a quick picture of the uh, the City Connect jerseys in here because if 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 this is, the, this is all rumors at this point, if this is what they officially plan on doing, um, I'm going to be pretty pretty upset just because I feel like the color scheme really wasn't the issue here. It, it was more the execution. Like I think that they had something potentially good with the uh, the powder blue and gold, or like even the navy blue and gold for uh, you know like the the Pennsylvania state um, Pennsylvania state flag, or you want to do something with the blue and gold, like that's fine. But I don't really like the whole like two tone going from the top to the bottom. And the worst thing that I, I'm scared of is I don't know what the pants are going to look like because they've made so many of these teams wear like black or like navy blue pants that it just doesn't really make sense to me. It's it's not it's not Major League Baseball. That's a college thing, and that's not a knock on college. It's just a fact that so many teams like Louisville, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, like they'll do, you know, like the you know random 
color jersey and the same color pants, like Campbell. Like they have the black, and, and I just think I need to see them on the field first. If this is actually the ones that they're going to go with, I hope it's not. Maybe it's something where they leaked it, so uh, so you know they could see the fan reaction first. But uh, but either way, I'm not I'm not too excited about it. And and while we're on the topic here. I have this note in the MLB offseason is that the Fanatics is ruining the Major League Baseball jerseys. I mean, you've seen, uh, and if you haven't, you know, it's been going around in spring training that Fanatics has taken over uh, from Nike for, like, the the main jerseys. And it's just, uh, part of my language, a shit show right now. It looks like you're you're getting a jersey from DHgate, just like the the stitching. It's not even, like, embroidered on. It looks like it's printed on. And if if my dad's watching this, he's like, one of the biggest Jersey, um, I don't want to say snobs cause that's rude. I want to say Jersey, like, you know, aficionados that, uh, if that makes sense in this, in this scenario. And you know, it's something where it's just like, uh, I'll say purist, I'm a Jersey purist. I think that's a good one to, uh, to say here. And you know, it's when it's affecting the quality, like the name plates are smaller. It's not stitched. It just like, looks like, you know, they're cutting costs and it's like, you're major league baseball. You got billions of dollars and you can't afford to, you know, hire a company that's going to give you good merch. Like it's just a joke. And, and I feel it, listen, if at the end of the day for the players, if it's more comfortable for them, they're not going to complain. They don't care if the nameplate is a little smaller or the numbers are, you know, a little different font, whatever. Like they, that's not what they're getting paid to care about. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my rant on, uh, on major league baseball jerseys. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just something that I hope Fanatics gets together before the season starts. We'll see. But at the end of the day, once that first pitch is thrown, none of this crap matters. So um, that that's all I got for this uh, this installment of Delco Baseball. Now, what a great interview with our Haverford School guys, with our Marple guys. We got uh, some more interviews planned coming up. This, you know, as for the show, I think once the season starts, we're going to try and get on more of a consistent, like, you know, Sunday night schedule. Like, try and have it out by by each Sunday night so people know when to tune in. But uh, we got we got baseball games in less than a month, which I'm so excited for. Uh, I'm glad you know we've been able to figure out a way to keep the content going, even when there's not games going on. You know, like we took a little break after the Philly season ended in October, just to kind of like decompress a little bit. But uh, we're back and we're not going anywhere. Um, make sure, as always, to like and subscribe. Make sure to follow uh, all of our different social medias at Delco Baseball. Shout out producer Rob for hooking us up in INR Studios, Garnet Valley. Uh, if you're another fellow podcaster, you're a musician, make sure to come uh, come schedule a session soon. As you can see, we got you know a lot of great space in here. We got the recording studio. We got uh, we got couches as well. If you want to uh, have a little more casual feel uh, to your show, but uh, but you know we're right next to a scent uh, athlete in Garnet Valley, so we're in a good. Good spot in Delco here. But uh, as always, thank you all for tuning in for the program, and we will see you next time.